Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Today we have Stefan Hedebrand on the show with us. Stefan is the co-founder of Dream Data. Dream Data is a B2B revenue attribution platform. Stefan has a successful track record of scaling businesses and building teams at Upwork and Airtime in the past. So hey Stefan, such a pleasure to have you on the show. <laughs> Likewise, Sunil, I'm really happy that we could could find the time to to connect. I really like SaaS, and yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy to to share share all the things I know about it. Awesome, awesome. So for the listeners, Stefan is actually joining us from the beautiful country of Denmark. Beautiful so... <laughs> and cold country of Denmark right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so interesting. So yeah, Stefan, like why don't I gave a very short intro about you? Why don't you go ahead and tell us more about yourself? Yes, I can do so. I guess what's perhaps interesting for this show is that yeah, ever since I graduated graduated uh, business school 10 years ago, I've been in in all sorts of growth roles, you can say marketing, business development and and that that sort. And I've always worked for B2B companies and it has always been companies where mm-hmm. you can say digital played uh, the majority role of of the business. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I I used to work at Upwork as well which you know is a big freelance platform and Indian especially programmers are playing a bit big part of uh, mm-hmm. that platform as well so some of the listeners might know that that part but the last how long yeah at least 5 years I've been a B2B uh, marketing leader and I find that incredibly interesting and I love improving metrics month on month and trying to do everything a little bit better every day but i've also learned that as you scale things become more complex and you can say that's probably the foundation of why uh, i chose to to join my two co-founders in dream data on trying to build a, a b2b revenue attribution platform got it very interesting i mean yeah once i after i saw dream data i mean for listeners if you have any of these questions right like what channel is important what is driving revenue what is a waste of money if you have these questions then i think dream data is the platform which you know can give you the answer is that correct um <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I mean, uh, so what we do at Dream Data is basically we set up a, a cloud data cloud database for our customers, mm-hmm. and into this database we we collect every single touch that you have available about revenue generation in your company. So that's mm-hmm. everything from your CRM system and the information about accounts and deal sizes there. it's your marketing automation tools it's the customer success tools it's the mm-hmm. outreach tools it's the ad platforms so essentially we want to do you can say maybe holistic attribution meaning that from the very first touch from one person on an account until it's one six or 12 months later we want to explain you how you got that customer whether sales contributed to it which ad channels worked which emails was good should you call the customer or not should you continue to do content marketing should you buy ads on review platforms and so forth <laughs> we are quite ambitious in the data set mm-hmm. meaning that we we want to have every single touch that were part of the account journey and then mm-hmm. we can give you different kinds of analysis of what is actually going on makes sense i think that that sounds interesting so stefan since you mentioned you have been into b2b for for a long time yeah so i am assuming that this is one of the problems that you might have faced when you were working you know previously at a very much very much and yeah. so yeah i would love to know what sort of 
you know what sort of like you know situation gave you a thought of creating this company dream data right like what what challenges did you faced and what situation yes. you were in right that that's you know, a you felt, <laughs> you that's a good that. good founder question i think why i you can say mm-hmm. jumped on the dream data project was was because of pure pain in my old job Uh, at Airtame we were selling to schools and to businesses and what you discover when I joined when we were 15 people and left around 100 people and in the beginning we spent zero dollars a month on ads and when I left we spent around $150,000 on ads every month and what you see is that in the beginning you kind of know every time you invest more you can also see oh there's an output (laughs) or there was not an output when you like go go north of the hundred thousand dollars every month, then adding another five thousand dollars, you're not actually sure what comes out on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I started to be in doubt on where can I do my next investments uh, or where can we find more growth, so to speak. And mm-hmm. the reason why this problem exists is that in in B two B. The deals always take a long time for for our customers it's typically six to 12 months or so this means that yeah and on top of that there's always multiple stakeholders involved as well so if there's three stakeholders involved in a, in a deal then it's actually the same journey that those three people are on but in the eyes of uh, of, of google analytics they're just operating individually, Makes sense. Which, mean, uh-huh. which, which means that say you buy or you put money into Google Ads and that person books a demo. But a month later, when he's convinced his boss, the boss mm-hmm. comes with the credit card and give you money. There's no way of connecting those two people in Google Analytics. And that Pardon. means that, that the demo call just looks like a cost center and then somebody came directly and gave you money and you cannot scale, scale that people comes directly to your website. So it's, mm-hmm. I think like these B2B things are just incredibly complex. And I really struggle to find a good solution on how to do attribution. I also, uh, in my old job, used to judge uh, the ad spent in the money uh, in the month where I made mm-hmm. it, which is... <laughs> Kind of mm-hmm. silly because you know the journey is going to be six or 12 months. But in the lack of a, a tool, I, I, I looked at, okay, I spent this money this month and we ate this money this month, this month. So in the same month, even though I know the journey is six to 12 months, <laughs> so mm-hmm. the data I'm looking <laughs> at is it is wrong. It's really wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is what most people accept as good enough today when they make decisions, but it's not and that's when I was coming to the end of my tenure at, at Airtame, I, I got introduced to my two co-founders called Lars and Ole. And they had just started to prototype the tool, which is now Dream Data. Because yeah. we at Airtame had been using Segment, mm-hmm. I know you know that company, we've been storing a lot yep. of data actually in a database. So we had a good, good amount of history stored, but we had no clue on how to to sort it, to clean it, to join it, organize Makes it. But Lars and Ola had built this prototype about how 
their algorithms can kind of take every touch and sort it by account. Mm-hmm. And suddenly when we put our data in there, I could actually start to see answers to questions I had never been able to answer myself before. Makes sense. And Betty. kind of, kind mm-hmm. of that's, at, that, at that point, it was kind of my uh, discovery of why, why I intuitively knew that this is a big problem. And last were and Ola were obviously smart since they can build a prototype that can actually answer all of these questions. It was super ugly as a product, but the data <laughs> was very uh, legit. So I can give you just one example of what we found. And that, that's related to, you can say, content production or content marketing. Mm-hmm. So the year before uh, I met my two co-founders, I set up a content team uh, at Airtame where we had two writers, a designer, uh-huh. a videographer, and uh, a manager for that team. Mm-hmm. And they started to ramp the production of content. And all I could mm-hmm. kind of see was kind of in, inside of Google Analytics, I could see, oh, organic traffic is going up month on month. Nice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you cannot pay any salary <laughs> with <laughs> organic traffic going up in Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. I could also not pay any salary with looking in my search engine tool to celebrate, oh, our domain rank became a little bit better. <laughs> but what we actually found out was that there was a, a bunch of articles that were actually generating a lot of first touches on, on accounts that actually became deals later on. Mm-hmm meaning that they started the journey and then salespeople would close the journey six or 12 months later. And that insight we had absolutely no clue about. We only looked in Google Analytics to see organic traffic going up and you know that's not valuable at all. Even though it is actually valuable, you cannot prove, prove or like connect the dots in any sense. Makes sense. That was a long story, Sunil. <laughs> I hope and it was No, it's... No, I mean it. It is interesting, and this is this is one of the major, you know, reasons why many people who start companies they start right. Like they see they are working, you know, in 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 a company, and they see a challenge or they see a problem, and mm. you know they look out to see if anyone else is solving the the challenge, right? Yeah. And mostly no one else, you know, is solving the challenge, and they, they start on their own. <laughs> they start yeah. on their own. But you know what I understand that P2P marketing attribution is 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 it, there are there are many players right many many companies who are trying to solve this problem. So um, uh, actually, I would say no. I think it, you can say in general the attribution space is is pretty mature when you talk B two C, but it's very immature when you talk B two B. There's only a few companies out there who actually have an account-based attribution model or data model. And right. luckily, we, we're one of them. And then on top of this, there's a whole other confusion about mobile attribution where a company like AppsFlyer is, yeah. big, is big, but it's a completely different set. So there's kind of, you can say, three attribution buckets out there. Mobile right. attribution, B2C attribution, and then B2B attribution. And I think... In the B2B attribution space, it's also fight for still. There's no big market either there. Right. So so when you 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 know when you are studying this market, right? This particular bucket of B2B attribution, right? Yeah. So you, I, I know like one or two companies in this bucket, then you know that exists. Yeah. So what when when you are starting Dream Data, what 
what differentiating factors that you know you think dream data has which you know these one or two companies don't have right or what yeah. when you, you might have evaluated these companies as well right so <laughs> <Of> <laughs> yeah so yeah. so what are the limitations that you found in in you know these companies that you sort of fixing it with dream data <laughs> I can try to like without disclosing the secret sauce I can still try to say something but yeah there's an established uh, product owned by you can say Adobe and that company is very limited to certain data sources which means if your data sits out of out of these predefined uh, tools then it's hard to do attribution to them so that means that that's kind of locked into a certain kind of market fit, you can say. Uh, other companies struggle to work with historical data, for example, meaning that data that you collected uh, in a database mm -hmm. with segment and then doing historical attribution to those touches. Other problems. And then again, some of those who say that they do B2B actually don't have a data model that is, is built for accounts. They still look at individuals. So mm -hmm. there's kind of, there's a ton of different uh, niches and then others again pay to give you access to the raw data. And that's just stupid in our opinion, but that's something. And, you know, some people wrap their, their, their offering into consultancy fees and implementation fees and so forth. So I think what, where we want to sit is to be in a position where we can take every single digital touch you have available and we will not charge you extra for access to raw data or anything like that and just yeah, offer unlimited moderations of the data so we make sure that we deliver a, a great product got it but ob obviously they exist because they also do something well uh, so <laughs> it's yeah. about finding your kind of your place in the market and trying to, to deliver great value to your customers Got it. Really interesting to know that, right? So what, what are some of the, if you can, you know, if you can at least tell us some secrets uh, from your JTM playbook, right? So what, what kind of markets that you're going behind and what kind of strategies you're using to go into this market? Because as you mentioned, right, B2B attribution, uh, very few players exist, very huge mm. market. But, you know, why aren't companies still using a product like this, right? So I'm guessing yeah. there, there would be, uh, a lack in education where people don't understand B2B attribution, a lack yes. in intent where people don't want to do B2B attribution, a lack in, you know, understanding, right? That they, they, they know that something like this exists, but it's so complex that, you know, or maybe they find the tools or platforms very complex to implement. So some, some. I think, I think you're so right in what you're saying here, Sunil. I think we're still like mm -hmm. kind of in can say in its infancy in terms of understanding b2b attribution for most people mm -hmm. and we actually oftentimes we talk more about uh, that we're actually out there to to sell the category meaning that instead of selling our product we actually have to educate the market mm -hmm. we need to explain them why you actually need a, pro a product like this mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's more instead of if actually are you familiar with the kind of a Gartner hype cycle? Yep. Kind of if you look at that, it's quite quite funny. Like multi-touch attribution is kind of predicted to to become big, like three years from now, and it's mm -hmm. kind of also <laughs> that 
that's uh, kind of like like where CDPs are today. That's kind of where we want to be with multi-touch attribution three years from now. So, Got it. so what we're trying to do is we're trying to build build an extensive set of content that really helps uh, sell the category, meaning explaining that this is the problem. There's actually a tool you can buy to fix it. These are the values you get out of it. Then producing case studies of our customers so you can actually see all the huge benefits you get from uh, having a tool like this. We develop graphs to help you diagnose whether you actually need a tool or not and, mm -hmm. and so forth. So instead of kind of addressing direct demand we spend a lot of time educating the market just like actually being part of a podcast like yours right uh, mm -hmm. could could be so obviously we do kind of you know well-known inbound tactics like buying ads and so forth but the big and that's a that's an addressable market today but you know to build the big company uh, is really about educating the whole market of B2B marketing leaders and explaining them why they actually need a revenue attribution platform. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes, it does make sense. So again, because like, I think there's absolutely no B2B company that do not suffer from attribution problems, but mm -hmm. 98% of all the companies out there don't know that they should actually be buying a tool to solve this for them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So yeah, in, in this in this scenario, right? Like how are you, if if you can share a few playbooks, right? In, in this scenario, how are you or how is Dream Data making its mark into this market and acquiring great customers? Yeah, so there's actually been, I think we've been through a process where we've been trying, uh, where we've been selling to all sorts of B2B companies. Mm -hmm. And what we're, what, uh, that, that's nice. That, that means that you prove that you can sell to a lot of different types of companies. But it also means that, you know, in terms of what you can say, product market fit, we end up building a little bit of features to a lot of people. So we've been through kind of a, a process where we kind of really try, try to kind of narrowly define what is it that our product does and also who is the mm -hmm. ideal customer profile for it and that like where we've kind of arrived today is that like is our target group now is like b2b SaaS companies software as a service companies with 50 to 500 employees and that kind of mm -hmm. um, instructs a ton of stuff it's about the content we produce, where do we share the content, uh, what webinars do we participate in, which keywords do we buy when we do outbound sales, which person do we go for, which type of company do we go for, what do we write to them and so forth. So mm -hmm. I, th I think the only way to really gain traction is to provide a lot of value for a narrow set of, <laughs> of, of well-defined customers, which I think yeah. is kind of the advice I think I would <laughs> advise everybody to like, like, even though you can sell to everybody, it's not going to take you into a good place. It's better to be more narrow and provide even more value to uh, like a, a limited set of, uh, of customers. Yeah. I think it's, it's good, you know, good to be focused. That's, that's right. Interesting, interesting points. Right. So what's your, what's your plan for 2021, right? Uh, where are you seeing dream data headed? For yeah, good question. So we like we like storyline. We kind of in the summer of 2019, we raised our our pre-seed round. 
and in the summer of 2020 we raised our seed round and that means now we are kind of like growing every team essentially so there's a lot of you know ramping up the company with more developers uh-huh. product product managers more salespeople, and so forth there's a, a ton of challenges uh, uh, involved in that got it so what, so it's, what it's kind all of about kind of like yeah delivering a ton of value to the, a narrow set of yeah these b2b SaaS companies got it and and then what what kind of like objectives you have for dream data for 2021 let's say that you want to go to x million arr if if you want to share <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're let's say have you know 100 people on your team by end of 2021 you want to have say 500 customers so any any objectives that you know you have for 2021 yeah good question so i think our goal is really to to really become the leading b2b revenue attribution platform and you can say how do you do that you do that by building a great product and acquiring <laughs> customers who love the product right interesting so cool let's let's move on to the last uh, section of this episode which is the lightning round so i'll have like three uh, questions for you and you have to answer whatever comes on top of your mind quickly right um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to i'll try to Sunil. yeah so what's the one fundamental change that you're making in your job in 2021 uh, i think defining projects more narrowly would be my like if you're being really specific about what you want to do, it's also much easier to actually solve the challenges you're trying to solve. And I think we've like the more you can say no to stuff, the easier it becomes to like really do something really well. Got it. And yeah, so second one, what's the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve? Shorten the learning curve. That's a really good question. And I think there's like, that's an, uh, <laughs> to all things growth, that's incredibly, incredibly important. I would say write stuff down, meaning that when you start a project, sit down and describe what it is really that you're trying to do, which means that you can share with your team why you're doing it. And the team can tell you whether they actually see it as valuable or not. And when you've kind of done your experiment, you can then also return back to what you wrote down to reflect upon what can we do better the next time. So instead of you just like act on your intuition and set up one project after another without actually communicating anything to your team, if you write down every experiment and describe exactly mm-hmm. what you're trying to do, and then also go back to that note as you've done your experiment, then I think your learning uh, cycle will rapidly improve. So- Totally, I would, I would, you know, uh, second that for sure because I've very recently, you know, from a past few months, I've started using Rome Research. Not sure if you have heard of that. Rome, Rome Research. Yes. So, yeah. So it's it's a it's a research tool. It's it's like a note-taking tool for you know network thought where you can just put on put down all your notes so it's not your regular note nice. uh, taking yeah. application right like, like evernote or notepad or you can create network thoughts in there it's it's you know primarily meant for researchers and anyone who wants to create you know mm. second brain so you you know put <laughs> put stuff there and uh, and just forget it even if you forget it you can just go back and you know search for exactly that one thought you had let's ah. say two years back yeah. and you can since it's networked 
notes so you can follow the same train of thought that you had yeah. two years back <laughs> to ah. go through the same notes that you took two years back. I just found the website now and what it actually reminded me of is another like small, I don't know whether you call it technique or tool, but I always do kind of uh, mind maps, maps when I cannot have oh, to yeah. solve, solve problems. Right, right. Where you kind of, with a mind map, you kind of put your, your document just horizontally and then you just start to write down right. the thoughts as they come to you. And that kind of releases you from it trying to do every like fix problems chronologically which is extremely hard for your brain to do everything or kind of think chronologically because that's not how at least my brain works kind of (laughs) the ideas pop up overall all over the place and then you want to kind of get that brain dump done first before you try to like structure it and make everything logical so that's kind of a technique i i normal normally always use when i try to solve bigger problems Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, third, third and last question, right? From the lightning round. What do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started? So actually, I think it, it comes back to what I said before is that when you, you build new things, make sure that it's a narrow scope uh, in terms of what you're trying to build and prove. Because if kind of if if the limits of what you're trying to do is loosely defined. You'll also end up putting your eggs into a lot of different baskets and you don't get anywhere if you kind of go 70 or 80% on a lot of different projects. You want to fix one well-defined project at a time and little by little, all these well-defined projects will accumulate onto a lot of growth Instead of you trying to do like things 50 or 70%, but without actually already always finishing what you've done. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, interesting. Cool. So yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Stefan, for coming on the show and sharing all these insights with us, sharing your story, your journey and the challenges that you faced, you know, in terms of the B2B revenue attribution space. Very interesting, you know, category to look out for. And yes, thanks. Thanks a lot for taking time and doing this. Thank you for inviting me, Sunil. It was a, it was a big pleasure. And uh, like people can just find me on LinkedIn if they have any more questions. Yeah, totally. I'm going to include a link to your LinkedIn and a link to your website as well in the uh, notes. So if anyone wants to check, you know, dream data or connect with Stefan, you can do that. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Stefan. Bye.